Physical convergence. Do we become more similar to our partners over time? Tune in to find out only here on the People Scientist Podcast. People Scientist, the podcast dedicated to helping us optimize our health with the latest scientific findings on neuroscience, physiology, and nutrition. I, your host, Dr. Stephanie Caligiuri, a nutritionist, physiologist, and neuroscientist, will be here with you every single week, bringing us information to ignite our thinking, to help us be one step closer to the healthiest we can be. Hello, my People Scientist Army, and welcome back to the People Scientist Podcast for episode 114, where every week I arm us with some interesting scientific information so that we can all be entertained and maybe become a little bit smarter and healthier with every episode. How are you? How is your day going so far? Whether you are listening while driving, while on the subway, while cleaning, working out, whatever you may be doing, thank you for inviting me into your day. I feel honored that you decided to give me a handful of minutes of your time to hear me share some science that I find interesting, and I hope in turn that I can keep you entertained for the next little bit and to give you some interesting topics to think about. So what are we talking about today? Well, I wanted to do a fun little interest piece for today. In the last couple of months, I've brought up to my friends the idea that over time, after living with someone like a partner, a spouse, a roommate, that we might become more similar over time. Physiologically more similar. Or the old joke that some people may physically start to look like their spouse. Is there any scientific evidence to support this notion? Well, let's find out. As we always do, let's start off with some core takeaways. When we live with someone over a period of time, it is certainly possible that biologically we become more similar. We become exposed to the same bacteria, the same viruses, We may share a similar dietary pattern, be exposed to the same environmental factors like air pollution, cigarette smoke, insects, etc. We may start to make similar facial expressions and mannerisms. These factors may result in similar physical traits like both having smile lines from laughing together so much. Perhaps Both of you will have a similar immune system and a similar gut microbiome, which can influence overall health. May have similar epigenetic changes that make us physiologically more similar. But to challenge this hypothesis, scientists also posit that we may just tend to choose partners that are similar to us right at the beginning. That when couples or dating profile data are analyzed, that yes, people do tend to engage with others that have similarities to them, such as a similar education, psychological, intellectual, social, and physical similarities. 
So we may choose a partner that is already similar to us in different varieties of ways. We may also become more similar to them with time. Interesting thought, isn't it? So now let's get into those fun scientific details. I like that in these older scientific studies that the scientists would write more candidly. Like, for example, in the first study to discuss the idea of spouses becoming becoming physically similar over time, it was published by Zadjonk in 1987 in the journal Motivation and Emotion. They included a newspaper column excerpt where a reader wrote into a doctor and said, quote, I'm a 17-year-old who looks at all the couples passing by, old married couples, people in love, or at least who seem to be in love, and I'm struck by the fact that they almost always look alike. But I heard that opposites attract, dot, 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 signed A.L. Then the doctor wrote back in this newspaper column, Dear A.L., as far as physical appearance is concerned, Like seems to attract like. Some experts feel that this resemblance may partly be explained by the fact that couples who've lived together for some time usually eat the same diet and share the same habits. Signed, the Joyce Brothers column in April 1985. Now, there may be more to it than just sharing similar dietary habits, but interesting that this is what they thought of in the 1980s. So this study by Zajonk and colleagues in 1987 wanted to answer the question, do people who live together for a long period of time become physically similar, specifically in their facial features? So how did the scientists attempt to answer this question? Well, they took 24 photographs of men and 24 photographs of women, and they were judged for their resemblance and for the likelihood of the two people to be married to one another. The photographs were actually those of the partners of 12 married couples. Half of the photographs were taken at the time of their wedding, and half about 25 years later. And the scientists took 110 university students, and they were asked to assess the photos. The participants would be shown the photos in different ways. For example, one way was that they would be shown a photo of a man 25 years after being married. Then the photos of six different women. The participants were asked which they thought was their spouse and who looked most similar to the man. So what did the scientists note? They noted that between the young and old photographs, the 25 years of living together, the two spouses were indeed perceived to be more similar appearance by the 110 university students and that they were judged to be more likely to be married to one another. The authors also noted the caveat that people as they age might just start to look similar or more homogeneous. So they provided photographs of random young and old people as well, dispersed in between the pictures of the married couples. The participants noted them to look less similar versus the married couples, even though the participants didn't know who was married or who didn't know each other. However, there was no tendency of the subjects to perceive the young married couples as more similar to each other than they would by chance. So the scientists concluded that after judging photos of spouses taken at the time of marriage and 25 years later, 
that it showed that they resembled one another more so after living together for 25 years. And that this effect could not be explained by people growing more alike as they get older simply because randomly matched older people did not appear to become more similar with time. So the question is, why is this? Why might people become physically more similar after living with one another over time? Well, in this particular study, they offer some speculation or hypotheses. There is a theory called emotional efference. This means that people who live together for a long time might have similar repeated patterns of emotional expressions. Like maybe they both love to laugh together a lot, and perhaps they laugh in a particular way. Perhaps they begin to frown in a similar pattern or do similar facial expressions when they're focusing upon something. These facial expressions may lead to permanent changes on the face, like smile lines, laugh lines, frown lines, just by virtue of doing these facial expressions over a long period of time. So it is thought that the face might age similarly for people who live together, for people that share common facial expressions over a long period of time. The scientists also hypothesize that if a couple eats similar foods or has a similar pattern of eating, that they may age similarly as well. Like if they generally eat a very healthy diet, or do they tend to eat a lot of processed foods? Do they both smoke cigarettes or are exposed to secondhand smoke, and thus their face shows age similarly? Another possibility is that because people who are married to each other live in the same region of the country and experience the same climate, they eventually may grow to look alike in that regard as well. For example, a married couple from Phoenix may appear suntanned by the Arizona weather and hot sun, and therefore could look distinctive from couples of other regions where they have less sun. What else might contribute to us looking more similar to someone we live with over time? Well, our immune system also might become more similar. Karn colleagues in the journal Nature Immunology wanted to determine what influenced the immune system of a population. So you may be asking, okay, how did they look at the immune system? Well, scientists recruited 670 people, they took blood samples, and put their blood, more specifically their serum, through flow cytometry analysis to identify cellular subsets within the adaptive immune system. So they looked at their blood for levels of cytokines, like recent thymic emigrant, RTE-CD4 positive T-cells, RTE-CD8 positive T-cells, naive CD4 T-cells, naive CD8 T-cells, and much more. So essentially, they created this very large immune profile for nearly 700 people. So what did the scientists find? They noted that the biggest deciding factor was cohabitation. That people who lived together had the most similar immune systems. In fact, there was 50% less variability in the immune system profile of people who lived together versus those who did not live together. I mean, think of it, our immune systems and the bacteria or viruses we are exposed to become similar as we live together, or particularly with a romantic partner. And so biologically, a convergence is created in people who live together for a long time. It is an interesting thought that when we live with someone for a long period of time, we are exposed to the same microbes, to the same viruses, bacteria, and mold. 
Our gut microbiomes likely become very similar too, as we may eat similar foods or being exposed to similar things in our home. And in previous episodes, I've spoken about how in the last five years, we've really grown to appreciate the influence of our gut microbiome to our overall health and well-being. So our gut microbiome consists of all the microorganisms that live in our intestines. The foods we eat, the drinks we drink, the medications we take, how we cook our food, our lifestyle, our environment can all influence our gut microbiome and therefore potentially our levels of inflammation, our food cravings, our overall health, our body weight, as well as our skin health, which could influence our physical appearance as well. So if we share a similar immune system or share a similar gut microbiome, that may also lead to similarities in physical characteristics as well. There's also a hypothesis surrounding our epigenetics, that we may become more similar to someone we share a home with because of epigenetics. So let me nerd out a bit about what epigenetics are. A few of my best friends have dedicated their entire scientific careers to the study of epigenetics, and I think it's very cool. So let's do an analogy. So we are all born with a set genetic code. That code does not change. Think of it like a written story. That story gets published, every word printed as is in the pages of a book. That book is printed into a set number of copies by the publisher. Those written words will not change. But what can change is how those words are expressed or distributed. For example, that story may stay on the back shelves of of a library or the back shelves of a bookstore forever, never to be picked up, never to be read by anyone. Or that storybook may be picked up and read by 1,000 people. Or that storybook may be picked up and read publicly out loud to a group of people. Perhaps that storybook will get produced into a movie for millions to view and become aware of. So that same storybook can either never get read, or that same story can be expressed in a way that millions of people now know it. Our epigenetics are the same. Our genes may never really turn into something expressed or impactful, Or through epigenetics, our genes may produce proteins at a very high rate that can influence our overall health, how we behave, how we age, how we look over time, etc. More specifically, in scientific terms, epigenetics can include DNA methylation, histone acetylation, microRNAs, serotonylation, dopaminylation, etc. Things we do every day, like the foods we eat, if we exercise, the environment we live in, if we smoke cigarettes or use addictive drugs, etc., all of those things in our lifestyle can all influence our epigenetics or how much our proteins of our genes are expressed. If we share a similar environment with someone we live with over time, like share a similar diet, similar exposure to things in the air, similar behaviors, it is certainly possible that our epigenetic profiles may have more similarity over time as a result, too. In animal studies, this has been demonstrated. Animals that share an environment, that are exposed to the same things, like the same diet, develop the same epigenetic changes over time, which results in similar impacts to their behavior. Like eating a high-sugar, high-saturated-fat diet can influence how epigenetics in their brain are being, or how certain genes are being expressed into proteins 
and whether or not they process dopamine or the rewarding, pleasurable feeling from the food in a similar way. And for example, these changes may result in the animal's increased desire and increased feeling of craving for this sugary, fatty food in a similar way. So it is certainly possible that this could translate to humans too. At the homes we share, the things we do similarly might change our epigenetic profiles in a similar manner over time. Whether our storybook is shelved forever, whether that storybook is turned into a movie for millions to view. Similarly, our epigenetics, what we do, the environment we share, can either choose to silence our genes, or it can allow our genes to produce proteins at a high rate that can influence our health and behavior. And those epigenetic changes might be similar in people that cohabitate or people that live together for a long period of time. Now, an interesting study was published last year to challenge this notion that we become physically similar over time. Tima Korn in the journal Scientific Reports last year published an interesting study where they took the photographs of 517 couples at the beginning of their marriage and then 20 to 69 years later, photos again. Interestingly, they noted something different. They did not notice an increase in physical similarity of the face between the couples over time. But what they did notice is that couples at the time of marriage tended to look more similar to the other versus chance alone, like versus the random chance that we could look similar to another person. So they thought that partners may be likely to choose someone that has some physical similarities to themselves. So what is the difference between this study and the study of the 1980s I previously shared where they thought couples became physically more similar over time? Well, in this particular study, more couples were looked at, 517 couples versus 12 couples in the older study. They also used a computerized facial recognition algorithm here, in addition to humans looking at the photos in this study. So maybe we don't tend to look more similar over time to our partner, but Maybe we might choose to stay with someone long-term who has some resemblance to us. The scientists posit is that successful relationships tend to be the result of partners choosing another partner that has some similarity to them. Whether that be similarity in intelligence level, social skills, physical traits, psychological similarity, etc. The scientists think that could be due to a comfort in knowing what is similar to us that we may choose a partner that has the same traits as us because that is what we know and understand. And what we could also just think of it is if we like ourselves and a person is similar to us, then we should in theory like them too, right? Perhaps. Another speculation by the scientists of this article is that we may have a partner similar to us simply because of social homogamy, it's called, meaning that chances are we may simply just be surrounded socially and geographically by people that are similar to us. For example, if we grew up in a city and we started dating in that city, those people will have some similarities to us, right? Like being exposed to the same weather, having an interest in the same seasonal things of that city. Perhaps there are some major employers in that city and so more likely to have a certain occupation, etc., or how about if we moved away to a city that has a lot of people who typically move there, like New York City is a city full of expats or newcomers. 
Well, if you date within that city after moving, perhaps you'll have similarities to those individuals, like individuals that move to a big city maybe are more willing to leave their hometown, try a new city out, perhaps have a sense of adventure or a sense of spontaneity, and they're not afraid to try something new. So our environment may just increase our chances of being with someone that has some similarity to us as well. There was an interesting study conducted by Hish and colleagues in 2010 where they wanted to determine what makes people click. They analyzed dating profile data of nearly 6,500 people in Boston and San Diego to understand what characteristics made people want to engage with the other dating online. They wanted to determine if there was any pattern or strategy to it. Firstly, they noted that women tended to be more selective and would look at less profiles, that they would look about one-third the number of profiles versus men. In other words, men looked at three times more profiles than women did. That, firstly, in itself, I think is very interesting. Second, the scientists noted that there was no evidence for strategy in choosing who to engage with at all. If a pattern did exist, then the pattern was that men and women have a strong preference for people with similar attributes to themselves. Like, did they grow up in a similar area, attend a similar school, a similar level of education, age, and yes, were there any similarities in physical appearances or traits? The concept that we choose people who may have some physical similarity to us is intriguing. Verizaki in 2009 wrote of a concept called social imprinting, that we simply associate certain feelings of comfort, intimacy, or love with people who look a certain way as we grew up. Whether that, people, whether that be people around us, like our family and our friends or our teachers, people at school, people that we even see on TV or online, that to a certain extent we may be conditioned to want to date someone that looks a certain way simply because of how we may feel about people that look a certain way. And more often than not, that someone tends to have some physical similarities to how we look. To that, I will go down one more rabbit hole of mate preference that I thought was interesting. The psychology of mate selection or preference. Scientists have dedicated their careers to understand what innately, subconsciously makes us prefer one person over another in choosing a mate. For example, I go back uh, in episode 110 in detail as to how we as humans have pheromones, which we call chemo signals in humans, and how we can relay emotions and information to others around us simply with our natural odor or body scent. It is possible that innate Subconscious things like this can influence how we feel about someone and whether or not we want to engage with them. So if that interests you, feel free to go back to episode 110 and give that one a listen. There is also this hypothesis called the tie-up theory. And unfortunately, it has really only been studied in the context of heterosexual couples, but I hope that it can be studied in the context of other couples as well. But in this theory, they posit that at the very beginning of choosing whether or not to engage or pursue a person, that surprisingly, women may put more emphasis on physical traits, and that men may put more emphasis on psychological or social traits. The scientists hypothesize that women innately, subconsciously, 
want to know if a man may be a good mate, have good genetics for that mating process, if they could be a good provider, do they have the physicality to do so? That even if we don't want to have kids, or if we can absolutely take care of ourselves and are independent, that this innate subconscious response still may exist through evolution. In contrast, men may initially want to know if a woman has the psychological prowess, stability, or skills to be a good partner in a relationship. Perhaps if they can intellectually challenge them, understand them, be a good companion, support them, etc. They want to know if the time and effort that they put into the relationship would be worth it. But then over time, interestingly, as the relationship forms, where emphasis or importance is placed actually reverses according to this theory. The importance of physical traits of a man for a woman becomes less important. The psychological and social skills of a man becomes more essential with time. And vice versa, the physicality of a woman becomes more important for a man. This theory might contradict what a lot of us initially thought, but it may be true for some. So what this theory proposes is when initially responding to someone you meet, when choosing to engage with them, perhaps if you're looking for a romantic partner, women very initially for the very short term may place more importance on physical traits, whereas men may place more importance on social and psychological skills or traits. But then that may reverse as time goes on. Intriguing theory, isn't it? What do you think? Do you think that it is true or do you think that it is completely wrong? I mean, theories are meant to be challenged and questioned. And a lot of the times these theories may be true for some people and completely false for others. But they're interesting theories nonetheless. So if you have thoughts on that theory, I'd love to hear it and what you'd like to share. So that is a wrap, my people scientist army, a fun little interest piece for this week. So do we become more similar to our partners or the people we live with for a long time? Some clinical studies indicate yes, it is likely. Our immune systems, our gut microbiomes, our epigenetics, our facial expressions, our mannerisms, and how our face ages and changes with time might become more similar over time. Some scientists do challenge this thought, though, and say that we tend to choose a partner that shares a lot of similarities with us in the beginning. Perhaps those couples last longer and therefore bias the observation that we become similar over time. Is it true that we choose a partner similar to us? Yes, it seems so. That might either be because we are surrounded by people that share similarities with us, so our selection is already biased, or we might simply have a preference for people that share some similarities to us. There may be comfort in that, whether that similarity be physical, intellectual, social, etc. Interestingly, women may initially place the greatest emphasis on physical features of a man, then later on place more emphasis on the psychological and social characteristics, whereas it is in the reverse order for men. That's called the tie-up theory. Is that really true? Maybe for some. Let me know and I'd love to hear what you think. So before I end off this episode, I want to thank all of you, my loyal listeners and followers. You are what motivates me every week to make this podcast, and I appreciate you all so much. Now, I'm thinking as of late that I want to change things up a little bit with the show. 
I'm thinking I may do a podcast episode every two weeks as opposed to every week. And I might post more information on my social media, placing more emphasis on short videos, sharing the papers and whatnot. Now I use Instagram the most if you by chance have the option for social media platform. I even have some ideas for some new mini-series within the podcast do. So please do share, uh, bear with me as I change things up a little bit. I'm excited to try some new things. But I am not going anywhere. I will still be here. And I will likely post my next podcast episode on October 17th. So I hope that you all have a wonderful week. And thank you so much for tuning in and giving me some of your time, allowing me to nerd out and to throw some wild, crazy, interesting theories at you. So let me know what you think. Hope you all have a great day. Bye for now. I am a scientist simply sharing scientific evidence. Some of the clinical interventions I discuss are not appropriate for everyone. Before making any changes to your diet or lifestyle, please do consult the advice of your physician or dietitian. My opinions expressed here do not necessarily reflect those of Mount Sinai Hospital and its affiliates. Thank you.